Matthew chapter number 9 is where we find ourselves today. Matthew chapter 9. It is God's desire for each of us who know him personally to bear fruit. And there is a fruit of the Spirit the Bible speaks about. Love, joy, peace. We most likely, any reading we've done in God's Word, are aware of those verses that give to us that list of the fruit, fruits of the Spirit. Here today we find in this passage, and really any passage of the Bible is great, but in this great passage of the Bible we, that we have before us today, we, these contain the very words of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Maybe perhaps today you have a Bible and you have the red letter edition and it shows where uh, the words of Jesus and they're written and read in verse number, the last part of verse number 37 and the, all of verse number 38. And we'll read that in just a moment, but we see there, we see the very heart of Jesus. And today I want to, for the next few moments, help us to understand as I was speaking of fruit, that there is a, a fruit of compassion. Let's read this passage here and see Jesus and his thoughts and his mindset in this particular day, in this particular hour. It says here in verse number 35 of Matthew chapter 9, it says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I want us to make that our prayer today. That we pray the Lord as we look in our church today, we see that the laborers are few. That we can, in our hearts... Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send forth laborers into this harvest, into this area, into our Jerusalem. But we see there in verse number 36 that Jesus observed all the people around him, and it says that he was moved with compassion. And this morning I want to ask us a question in that as we each of us have our own lives and we have our busy lives from day to day, we have our own schedule. Maybe even as soon as the service ends, you have something that you need to go do or something, some family member you'll go uh, in some family gathering perhaps that you have to be a part of today. And we have a busy day-to-day schedule and we have many appointments and we have many people that we come across, but when we come across people, do we think of people and look at people the way Jesus looked at people? It says here, when he saw the multitudes, when we see the face of someone we've never met before, when we come across the path of someone that we've never spoken with and we stumble into someone that, that we've never met. I think about this weekend, I met many, many people I've never seen or met or maybe never will even meet again. But Jesus, when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion. He's a loving Savior. He's a loving Savior. And we can get so busy, and we can get so tied up in our own little worlds that we create for ourselves, that we fail to see people the way Jesus sees people. We fail to stop and take the time in our schedule, in our week, and may we 
being aware of, of, of the sensitivity of our Savior, we are aware of the compassion of our Savior. And the compassion that can be something that we are aware of in our lives from day to day. Jesus Christ stopped and he took compassion. Jesus was no doubt busy. Jesus no doubt had many things, as it says here and describes for us in verse number 35. And Jesus went about all the cities and all the villages. He was busy. He was on a schedule. He had things to do. He was teaching and he was preaching. But it says that he saw the people. He saw the great throng, the, the multitude, the, the masses. And it says as he saw them, he stopped and observed. And he was moved with compassion. May we in our heart of hearts be moved with compassion because it's so easy to get caught up in the busyness of our life. Let's stop and pray and ask the Lord to help us in these next few moments as we look at this together. Lord, we love you and we thank you for your stirring in, in the hearts of people. Lord, we thank you for the stirring in the hearts of the young people, Lord, this weekend as we went to camp and we saw some decisions and we saw just little, little kids, Lord, really, Lord, that they were only 8 to 12 years old, and Lord, that you can work in a heart of just a young person. It's just is a wonderful thing. But Lord, may you work in our hearts today. Lord, no matter what the age, Lord, we're thankful that you can work, but Lord, may we listen. Lord, may we have compassion as we see here, and may that be a fruit that is evident in our life as a child of God. I thank you for this thought today. I pray that you'd be with us in the next few moments, and may you speak to us in your name. Amen. Compassion is love, and that the act of compassion in our life, compassion, let me give you a definition, compassion is your hurt in my heart. Your hurt in my heart. And that is an act of love because we are acting out of service for someone else and taking their burden and their hurt and what they're going through and we're placing it upon ourselves. And that is an act of love. It's compassion. And I'm so glad that when Jesus died on the cross for each of our sins, that his hurt was the hurt of all the people around this world today. He had my hurt in his heart and he had me on his mind, and you and I on his mind when he died that day. In our passage today, it says that Jesus was, was busy. He was going about these villages. He went from place to place, and he was really focusing on three things. He was, it tells us here in verse number 35, it says that he was focusing on teaching about the kingdom. He was preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and then he was doing healing he healed people with various conditions and diseases, and we see that throughout his earthly ministry and throughout the gospel records recorded for us here before us. Jesus was looking for those who would receive the truth of who he truly was and sharing with them the truth of the gospel. He was telling them and teaching them and, and trying to get the truth of God into the hearts of the people, the life and purpose of this church and the life and purpose of the church is that we might be a witness and that we might show compassion and we might show that driving force of love of, of, of the Savior, of, of Jesus Christ, to all those around us. Matthew 28, and you could turn there if you like, but I just read one verse. It says, Go ye therefore and teach all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost. But then I said one verse, verse 20, it says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. We can learn today about compassion. We can learn today that the act and that it is an act of love is, is, is when lo- the most uh, valuable form of love, I'll say that, is when we act upon something that we say. God did not just merely tell us he loved us, but he showed us he loved us by sending his son. His son had compassion, and that was an act of love because the act was that he took the burden and the hurt of others upon himself, and he was then moving with that. Let's learn today about compassion from the one who knows more about it than anyone else, and that's Jesus Christ. Verse number 36, it says, But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. Why? Because it tells us, it says, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. What an interesting illustration showing us and telling us about the sheep and that they, if you know anything about the animals at all, is that they have a natural tendency to just run and to go wherever they please and to go here and to go there and to get into all kinds of trouble and to turmoil and to hurt themselves. And Jesus loved the people. He loved the multitude. As a church, it's our purpose, as I read there, to go into all the world and to preach the gospel and to teach people to observe all things. But we have to have compassion to go. We have to have the right uh, uh, equipment in our hearts, and we have to have the right mindset to do what God has commanded us to do, or else we will fail in what God has told us to do. Jesus Christ had compassion. And in that compassion, he engaged with the people. Many times we see throughout the New Testament and Christ's earthly ministry, he was engaging with the people. He healed the people. He touched the people. It was a physical touch. Many people came and touched him. He was there. He was approachable. It says when he saw the multitudes, and the word there, Saw means he saw with discernment. He saw and he knew. He was Christ. He was God. He knew all things about all the people. He knew when he saw each person, when he looked in each face, he knew everything about them. He saw with discernment. He saw that they had a need. He saw with great understanding. And when Jesus saw a crowd, he didn't just see a group of people. He saw needs that those people had. He felt their burdens. He took their burdens as a weight upon himself. He was fully engaged with them. Luke 9 and verse 41 says it this way, and when he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it. He knew. He knew our Savior knows. As last week we spoke about Jesus being a sensitive Savior. He, he's sensitive to us and our needs, but he's sensitive to the world and their needs. He was sensitive In his time in Luke chapter 19, verse 41, where it says when he came near, he knew, he could could tell there was something there, perhaps a stronghold from the devil, perhaps a, a city that was filled with sinful people doing sinful things. Jesus knew the burdens of the people of that city. He saw the people, how needy they were, and he wanted to help. 
Jesus that uh, a, a, Jesus is a savior that that needed to know their needs, and we serve a God that wants to hear and He wants to hear our needs, but. We, in turn, as we must be conformed to the image of Christ, in that image, a part of that is that we should have compassion about others around us. Those that are in need of the greatest need of all, salvation. People needed to know who God Almighty was. And Jesus taught, and He preached, and he healed and he showed the power of God, demonstrated, manifested into his, in his life and his earthly ministry. And can I say today for me personally, as your pastor, it's hard to be human. It's, it's hard to be going into, as we see the example here of Christ, Jesus, it's hard to not get grumpy about people, isn't it? It's hard to look past the initial, and I'll use the word annoyance sometimes. Sometimes people can be annoying. But Jesus was able to look past that. He was able to engage those people. He was able to see the depth and the very core of their need and that they needed Jesus Christ. We can get grumpy about people. Sometimes we can, uh, we, 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 we can sometimes go out of our way not to engage someone. Sometimes we go out of our way not to notice people. So I'm talking about myself. Sometimes we can get frustrated and wonder what in the world is wrong with this world. Well, it's that they need Christ. That's not what Jesus did. That's not what Jesus would have done. He's our great example today. He's our hope in our life, but also the hope for this world, and he is the solution to what is wrong with this world. That wasn't Jesus's mindset about people, and when Jesus saw people, when he saw the multitude, he was moved because he was able to look past the, what you would call the differences, perhaps the initial Annoyances. I don't like. I didn't even want to use that word, but to put it into our thought processes for today, we we can agree and understand what that means. He was able to look past, and he saw their needs, and he took those needs and he placed it upon himself. That's what compassion is. When Jesus saw people, he was moved. He engaged with those people. It says he was moved. He did something about it. He was, he was empathetic toward this multitude, toward these folks. He was heartfelt. He was, took their feelings and he felt the pain and wanted to feel the pain that they had of their feeling of need because they had great needs. And can I say today that nothing has changed in the world that we live in? There are still great needs. There are still people hurting. There are still people dying and going to hell. There are still people that have great needs in their life, wants, cravings. And we need to have compassion for the lost around us. Warren Wearsby said, You are a Christian because someone cared, and now it's your turn to care. And it's our turn to care for someone 
It's our turn to engage and to show the compassion of Jesus Christ that he so showed to us and that we can show to someone else that he has on them. And the Bible says that he was moved with compassion because what? He saw the needs. He saw the needs. He saw the ones fainting. He saw the ones sick and scattered abroad as the sheep having no shepherd. He saw the need and he went in and he engaged those people. And Jesus sees everything today. He sees our hearts. He sees the hearts of men. Jesus saw everything going on around him. Now, he was God. He knew everything. We, I, I'm not saying today that we are to know everything, but it doesn't take long when we say hello to someone, when we introduce ourselves to someone we've never met. It doesn't take long to understand perhaps a need in their life, just for them to understand in you that you care about them. He cared for these folks. He saw their burdens. He saw with great empathy in his heart. But he didn't just see as God saw the need for the world. He did something about it. Work at verse number 37. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. If we believe something, and Jesus here thought and believed that there was a, 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 a great harvest, he says that the laborers are few and our beliefs should affect our behavior. And if we believe something, then it ought to affect the way that we live. And Jesus wasn't just looking at people. He, he, he wasn't just saying, oh, that's too bad. He did something about it. He believed there was a need and there was a need, and he acted upon it. And we see some things here that Jesus saw. He had a heart of compassion toward these folks. He saw a need in these folks. He saw the harvest, and he saw that it was great and that it was plenteous. And can I say today, it's still great and it's still plenteous. And there are a lot of people who really need to know the truth in this town. Jesus is saying that these crops are ready. These crops are ripe. They are ready to be harvested. Let's not waste them and let's not waste time. Let's reach these people with the truth of what we have and what God did for us, the gospel. And Jesus gives us this principle many times in the Word of God. John 9 and verse 4, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. The same principle. Time is short. Time is short. The Lord is coming back, and I'm thankful for that truth. But until he comes, the harvest is ripe and ready. There are people ready to receive his word. And the Bible says that Jesus was always busy about his father's business, but he still took time. He was busy, but he was not in a hurry. He didn't hurry past those in need. He wants us to have a sense of urgency today when it comes to our compassion he wants us to have a sense of, 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 of urgency today when it comes to a, a discernment and the needs and the care of others. Not waiting, not pushing past it, not shoving it off. 
We need to do everything that we can to get the gospel message into our community. We send out these mail-outs. We go door-knocking. We invite people to church. Give them a simple gospel tract with the gospel message on the back. But we see here in verse 37, but the laborers are few. There aren't many laborers. There aren't many helpers. There aren't a lot to help, but those of us who can help, we know that there are those who need to know the truth. There are a few volunteers. There are a few laborers. 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6 says, I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. We can all and are all capable. My children invite people to church all the time. Have you ever, we have a bunch in our office, and you're welcome to them as well, but we have the little chick tracks. Have you ever seen the little chick tracks? My kids love to read them, and then they love to hand them out to other kids. Those are thought-provoking things in those tracks. God gives the increase. God goes before. His Holy Spirit convicts, and we don't know fully and to the extent of what the Holy Spirit can do in the heart of someone that we hand a simple piece of paper to. But we can all are and are all capable of inviting people to the house of God, sowing that we may reap. We all want to see people come to Christ. Psalm 126, verse 6, it says, He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. The seed that we bear is the seed worth bearing, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the word of God that we hold in our hands this morning, and what a wonderful privilege it is that we can have that can't even begin. I can't even begin to fathom. But there is power in the Word of God. And when we sow the seed, we don't know what perhaps will be the end of that, but we know that God gives the increase. We want people to hear what Jesus did. We see in verse 38 a solution and a help. There are some who cannot perhaps go as the Bible commands, but there are many that can pray. The Bible says, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Jesus gives us a commission. He gives us a commission. The great commission is to go. But here a commission is that we can pray. Jesus has given a prayer request to us. Jesus is asking prayer for laborers to go into the hardest. Let's, let's pray for laborers today, shall we? This community is our Jerusalem. Go into the harvest. And we should never be ashamed. And we can always be happy to share with someone the message of Christ. But we have to have that compassion, that love, Understanding that they have a great need, that they have needs as much as we have needs. Turn, if you would, over to Luke chapter number 14. It shouldn't be too far from here. Matthew, Mark, Luke, chapter number 14. I'll end with this, reading this. Just some passages of Scripture. 
And then I'll read 2 Peter 2, 3. Keeping in mind here, verse number 38, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, He will send forth laborers into His harvest. May we have compassion to compel us to go. May we have compassion to compel us to pray. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. Matthew 14, verse number 22. Notice what the Bible says here. It says, And the servant said, Lord, it is done that thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and the hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. Jesus' prayer for laborers. Jesus' prayer request here can be our prayer request and can be our prayer. You see, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's desire is not, and God's will is not, that anyone should go to hell. 2 Peter 3, verse 9, I'll read it quickly. The Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The entire verse there. And I'm thankful for that promise today. He's not willing that any should perish. But where is our heart in this today? Where is our compassion today? Our compassion to go, our compassion to give something, to open ourselves just ever so slightly so people know we care and have compassion and want to know about their needs and their desires as Christ did. We can also pray. We can pray in the meantime until that next opportunity comes to share and to be able to uh, show compassion. But we can show compassion through prayer. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest. God is the Lord of the harvest. God knows the length of days of every person in this room. He knows the, our expiration date. He knows the expiration date of every person in this town, in this Jerusalem of Fort Gratiot that we live. He knows. He's the Lord of the harvest. He knows all things. And we need to pray. Pray to God. And no doubt many of us are praying to God, asking God to, for people to come, for people to fill this harvest field, this town, from this town. Week to week we find people that we try to compel them to come in and we don't always see them come, but it's always a wonderful thing to take the time to stop and to talk to people and to understand they do have needs. They have great needs. They have desires. They have things that need to be fulfilled in their life. It takes compassion. If we don't have compassion to go and to give of ourselves, and if we don't have compassion to pray, then we'll in a sense, at some point, we'll stop doing those things because we're not doing it out of the right motivation. It's the compassion. It's the love. But it's the love of our Savior. It's not just any love. It's a love of an act of service and showing to those around us that we care in this lost and dying world. Let's ask the Lord to bless this time together this morning. Lord, we thank you for your goodness.